0: This episode of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler is dedicated in the memory of the natural Butch Reed.
1: Well, we are live, pals. Welcome to another edition of Count it Out with Mike and Tyler. My name is Tyler and I am joined by the one and only Mike. Mike, how the hell are you, buddy?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you know it's a little late uh, having some drinks. I don't usually throw out these free free advertisements on our show, but I gotta give a shout out, man. I found this this beer that I'm obsessed with. like the kind of beer you just want to stick your dick in. Oh my! You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it, it's it's from Whitewater Brewing Company out of the Ottawa Valley, and it's called Peanut Butter Shake.
1: That sounds awful.
0: It is a peanut butter stout, dude. That imagine you could get drunk off Reese's Cups.
1: I mean, some people do.
0: <laughs> it's it's fucking. I just I just want to make sweet sweet love to this beer.
1: Well, it sounds like our list topic this week has got you in the mood then, Mike, because Yeah, that's it. Love is in the air. Oh, baby. We are counting down the top seven kayfabe wrestling couples of all time. They can still be couples in real life. That's fine. I'm only talking about what I see on the screen. Exactly. I don't know all these people, and that's creepy as hell. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I remember asking you that when we were discussing it. I said, hey, you said you want to do best couples. I said best kayfabe couples or best real couples and like i don't know these fucking people
1: (laughs) i don't know who they are as people i don't care how they are in real life as people as far as their coupleness go i'm sure i wish them all happiness i don't care (laughs) i am talking about what i see on the screen that is what we are counting down today before we get to that though a lot of news to talk about and and we're going to start with some news that's a little bit more on the unfortunate side we lost another one the natural hacksaw butch reed a uh, member of the Doom Tag Team, big, big star uh, with Bill Watts, uh, sadly passed away due to heart complications, heart failure. Um, didn't see that one coming, man. I, I just saw him I on High Spot Auctions. I think, in, I think he was in his 50s. 66, I think. 66, okay. I think so. I just saw him on High Spot Auctions, which if you haven't checked out High Spot Auctions, by the way, you got to go and check out all the live stuff they do. They're bringing in all these awesome guys. They're auctioning yeah. off their gear, which is really cool. They've had Terry Funk, Stan Hansen, uh, and they had Doom with Teddy Long on there not too long ago, probably about three weeks, four weeks ago. Yeah, uh, and and Butch looked great, so I I was really surprised by that. What do you you got any Butch Reed memories, Mike? I don't, how how much is uh,
0: Butch no? Reed you got? Uh, unfortunately, man, I didn't grow up with Butch. I I didn't. I wasn't watching. Um, I definitely didn't see much of his hacksaw days. And I wasn't watching WCW during the Doom days. Um, even Ron Simmons, to me, was introduced as Farouk. I had to go back and see his uh, uh, championship match against Vader later on in my life.
1: I, I, um, oh, God.
0: So so Reed, to me, came. By the time I discovered Butch Reed and his matches, He he was long past his prime.
1: Yeah, by the time I really got into Butch Reed also, um, you know, I grew up with Butch a little bit because I, I was into the, you know, the 87 WWF where he was main eventing in the first Survivor Series on Team mm-hmm. Andre the Giant, WrestleMania 3 against Coco Beware. And then later on, um, I got to see all of his old stuff with Bill Watts and, and the Mid-South and... Uh, I think he did another territory. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but he was the world champion there. I know in Mid South, he had a big run. He had great matches with Flair, uh, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Junkyard Dog, uh, very legendary stuff there. Uh, I really got to know him in Doom, though. I I kind of fell into WWE by mistake in the early 90s. I don't know, never could find it on TV, but every time I did, Doom was always on. And I loved Doom. They they were great. They had Nancy Sullivan or Nancy Benoit or whoever Sullivan, whoever you want to call her, woman. Uh, as their manager for a bit, and then on to Teddy Long, which I thought they were a great team. So they were a great team. Very, very sad news with the uh, with Butchery.
0: I'd like to hear some stories. For, I'm sure he has told some. I probably, I'm probably sure. I could, I could just Google it. I'd love to hear some Reed stories from Ron Simmons. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I have, I have no idea if they were actual buddies. You know, was it a. Uh, was, was it an apa situation where they were best friends or was it a, a bulldog situation where they really couldn't stand each other
1: no they were tight they were good They yeah. Were friends. yeah i don't know if they were like as tight as him and bradshaw obviously but i i know that they were really tight especially when they were teaming together and and they had great chemistry on that high spots thing you so know I'm what
0: not... Pl- plug for the wwe network if anyone who hasn't seen the untold episode of the apa fantastic
1: yeah i haven't had a chance to check that out yet I'm i'm definitely it's on my list that it's is so ever growing that I never will watch, but it's always on there. <laughs> but I'm going to try to watch that one though. Um, let's let's kind of stick with one more on the little downer side. We over here at Count It Out, uh, we want to send out our best wishes to Terry Funk and hope that he is feeling better. Uh, he's having some pretty serious hip pains that are that's causing him a lot of discomfort and just wishing a speedy recovery for the Funker, one of my personal favorites of all time.
0: Stand up, show off that shirt.
1: I'm wearing one right now, yeah. Not that anyone will ever see this, but I am wearing a Terry Funk shirt right now.
0: Um, I mean, we've always loved Terry Funk on this show. Our very first giveaway was a Terry Funk autograph.
1: That's right. We've done a Terry Funk list before, and and we'll definitely do another one.
0: Um, But uh, it's really sad to hear about Terry because, fuck, man, you look, and even he is not that fucking old. He's in his late 60s.
1: Is he? No, he's got to be older
0: than that. I don't know, man. Maybe early 70s, maybe.
1: You keep talking about Terry. I'm going to look. You at do that. Now.
0: You do that. I don't think he's as old as you think he is.
1: He's got some miles on but, him, Terry. But
0: but he has earned those fucking miles I and mean, he looks older than, than he is.
1: Like he is 76 years old.
0: Oh, well, fuck me. I'm sorry. Great uh, for his age. I stand corrected. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He looks
1: okay, man. For seventy six and all the miles he has on his body, he looks great, man.
0: He, uh, yes, it's his hip is the main thing bothering him, and uh, you know, people like uh, Dustin Rhodes have come out saying, you know, he needs your prayers now because he's in a lot of pain. But I'm more worried about his his mental capacity at this point. He he came out on his own. I think it was his Twitter uh, with a little short video basically begging fans to stop sending him autographs. He's he's like, I just can't handle it anymore. And it was sad to see, because you could tell that the reason he's asking not to do it, not is, is not because it's a pain in his ass. It's because he just can't do it anymore. And he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to let his fans down.
1: Yeah, I I can see that. And and that man's
0: been in this business for 60 fucking years. And he still doesn't want to let his fans down. That's a beautiful, beautiful, but sad thing. Uh, and I hope people respect his uh, his wishes. Stop sending him shit. He's paid his fucking dues. Yeah, you know, um,
1: if, if anyone wants a Terry Funk autograph, go to highspots.com. Not that we work for them this week, because I'm plugging them again, but Terry just <laughs> did a live autograph thing with them. They went to his house in Amarillo, Texas. They did hours with him, and they also had Stan Hansen there as well. And it was really neat to watch those guys interact together. Terry look, All Terry the best like Terry. He was I,
0: you know... <sighs> Terry lived a hell of a life, is is living a hell of a life. Uh, But uh, I know it doesn't end like this for a cowboy like him. You know what I mean?
1: And I know Terry's had a real hard time ever since his wife passed away a couple of years too. And, you know, we love you, Funker. And not that you'll ever hear this, but uh, all of us uh, that are listening to this show, we all love Terry Funk. So get well soon, buddy. And I'm going to do the worst segue of all time here. Okay. You ready for this? going to yeah. lighten the mood a little bit. Okay. Unfortunately, Terry Funk is at home going, ow, my hip. What the fuck is Nia Jax yelling, ah, my hole on Monday Night Raw?
0: Um, she's decided since Bray Wyatt's gone that she now wants to have the whole world in her hands.
1: I just like, okay, let's call a spade a spade here. All right. Yes, it was very funny. I laughed yeah. when I heard it, uh-huh. but it's really embarrassing. Like I, really? I found, yeah, really? I, found it, I found, I found her selling to be humiliated. I found it to be really embarrassing. I thought that it really um, took away from Lana, who I think deserves better than, than this feud with Nia Jax. This was I, Lana's chance. This was her big comeuppance. I
0: don't have any problem with this just because it's yes. Is it stupid? Yes. Is it, any more stupid than 90% of the shit we've seen in professional wrestling? No. I don't know. Is it more more stupid than fucking Vince McMahon doing that whole thing with with, with JR's asshole?
1: That was ridiculous too. But Nia Jax was in a match competing and that's how she'd Okay.
0: Here's something. I'm going to repeat something that I've said in my personal life about 30 times to the other buddies. And I truly believe this. I stand by this fact. Everybody's shitting on this, no pun intended. Everybody's know. making everybody's making fun of it, saying that it was just like you just said, it was embarrassing to the product. It, it's, a, it's a joke and all this. If Chris Jericho did this, they'd be they'd already fucking uh, be so old, sold out of the fucking my whole t-shirts on pro wrestling teas.com and you fucking know that.
1: Yeah, but okay. I think if Chris Jericho did it, it would be done differently and it wouldn't take away from whatever. And I'm not going to say – I'm not going to defend that either because I think if Jericho did it, it would be kind of stupid too. What I'm really upset about is for eight weeks, nine weeks in a row, Nia Jax put Lana through a table. Then they wrote her off TV for a little bit. She comes back at the Royal Rumble, eliminates Nia. This is it. This is Lana's big moment after – you know, this has been going on since November – and this was finally her time to put Nia through the table, and it just took away from her. And all everyone's doing is laughing at Nia Jax. She's embarrassing. If I was Vince McMahon and Triple H, I would be furious at her for this.
0: I'd be- I, you know what? I, I think they might be. Um, apparently, on the uh, YouTube replay of Raw, it all out. He edited it right out.
1: Yeah, I'd be furious. I would yank her right off TV. I would suspend her for two weeks.
0: If they haven't done that yet. You think this is going to do it? She's almost killed fucking people. Fair. But Fair. saying my hole on fucking TV is going to get her suspended?
1: I think I'd rather talk about retribution than Nia Jax on the show right now. Wow. And, and we know how I feel about that. So let's move on well, to something.
0: See, it, it, I, It's given me the meme of 2021, well, man. Well,
1: yeah, it's hilarious. Listen, <laughs> that's what I said at the beginning. Let's call a spade a spade. It's hilarious. Yes. Yeah, it's embarrassing. I did not like it. Okay, I I, I,
0: I I get that. I truly do see what you're saying. I do. But we have to remember, too, what this fucking sport is. Like, sometimes pro wrestling is fucking stupid.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean. And
0: know. that's not always a bad thing. We have loved some of the stupider shit out of course. there. We Nia,
1: Nia Jack's one of your tag team champions, building up a new program with a new tag team, that was not the time or place to be a stupid. That was Lana's moment, and it got taken away from her. I think. Okay, All right. Let's stop talking about Nia Jax's hole here, and I want to move on to something that's actually awesome. And we saw Kenta make an appearance on AEW last week. What are you thinking about this? Did you have a chance to see it? I saw the clips. Yeah. What do you think? Is it too much? Is this is this too much that AEW is doing? No, is too many um, emotions.
0: No, I I don't think so. I see what they're trying to do, and they're succeeding in it. I'm I'm very okay with it. I think, if anything, I think wrestling fans are making too big of a deal of it.
1: Yeah, well, uh, they're going to fight on on New Japan Strong. It's not going to be an AEW.
0: And and that's and, and this is all great. What, what I don't like is everybody's like, they they've broken the forbidden wall. Ah! I'm like, no, no, they haven't. Fuck off they've they, you know you know and it, no i, I mean they, they're doing that in a in a positive light they're they're saying aw is awesome because they they broke this forbidden wall with new, new japan it's not a forbidden wall. you're saying new japan's never fucking worked with another promotion before shut no. the fuck up
1: you know what i heard it was with new japan and this is um i don't know i think maybe i was reading this from meltzer i heard that they were kind of playing like petty games with them where they wanted Tony Khan to call them. They didn't want to call him. You know what I mean? I heard it was like little politics that. like that. I can believe that. I, I, I like the fact that the match is going to be on New Japan strong instead you of do. an AEW ring because it's for a New Japan title. And that makes sense. Exactly. I got to say, AEW is doing some really cool stuff for the World Professional Wrestling. They're, they're they, they are self very unselfishly lending their talent out to other promotions. Now granted Moxley has a contract with New Japan as well.
0: so you don't know that it's unselfishly. Let's let be what they get, don't know though, the bottom line of these contracts and what, well, what
1: course, you bring it in. Of course AEW is getting stuff out of this. Mm. But they don't have to let their talent they don't have to let Private Party be a feature match on Impact Wrestling. They don't have to let Kenta come on their show and lay out their one of their most protected characters. Right, but
0: don't but don't call it unselfish well because they're getting all, all the
1: ratings and they're getting all the glory they're they're the love child run. of the internet yes right but they're also giving they're giving the nwa a platform right now that they don't have
0: yeah no I, i'm not i'm not saying you're wrong i am definitely not saying you're wrong i'm not as excited as you are because i just i can't fucking jump in on this i've tried dude i tried so hard for weeks to get into the AEW program uh, programming and something always just ruins it for me right now oh, for yeah. me it's it, it's matt hardy yeah um so not don't watch not matt hardy eh
1: so don't watch matt hardy i fast yeah. forward a lot of matt hardy stuff it's, it's
0: not that it's not that it's it's the attitudes of these people in real life ruin the product for me when i watch it it shouldn't be like that but unfortunately it is for me
1: matt hardy control though we all know that
0: it's hardy it's jericho uh, you know, it, it's it's a few yeah, of the guys. Yeah, you got a
1: bigger beef with Jericho than I do, and I I, I am a Jericho. I think fan. Jericho
0: is a complete piece of fucking shit. If you're, yeah. if I'm being perfectly honest.
1: Yeah, you got a bigger beef with Jericho than I do. I get your Matt Hardy 100%. thing. Matt Hardy just likes to troll people, and Jericho likes to troll people too, and you know. Um,
0: but then you know, the rest of them, some you know, there's a lot of talent in the AEW, and that's why I keep jumping on. I want to keep liking it. I want to like it. I want to like a program that gives a platform for a guy like Marco stunt. Mm-hmm. I want to like a program that gives a, a platform for a jungle boy or a private party. By the way, how or, great
1: is it that Tony Khan has forked out the cash for jungle boy to get that, uh, Tarzan, the Tarzan song as his theme again.
0: That is phenomenal. I'm glad he did it. Now I want him to do the same thing for Marco because if you ever see Marcos in the entrance, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, Marcos not getting that. Come on, he's he's
1: well, part of that crew. He's Jungle Boy. He he still should though. The crowd, the crowd.
0: Go go watch go watch some of Marcos GCW stuff. Like man, they right. they fucking mark for his entrance.
1: Well, of course, Marcos entertaining. Did you watch Jungle Boy and um, what was it, Dak or Crash? Why one of the one of the FTR guys? Did you watch no. that match? No. Go out of your way to watch that match. It was a hell of a match, one-on-one match, but the crowd the whole time was singing the song. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Every time he was in trouble, it was amazing. Great great atmosphere. I really enjoyed it.
0: Okay, but let's just, uh, I, I hope it's, this is not a case, another one of those cases, and this happens not just in AEW. It happens in WWE. It happens all over the place. I hope it's not one of those cases of the song getting over instead of the talent.
1: Jungle Boy's already over though. This just is gonna add to his level. It's not gonna be a Bobby Roode thing where the song made him and then he didn't do anything on the main yeah. roster. Right? Not to knock Bobby Roode, I'm a fan. No, 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 no. That's
0: not I know that's not enough. I know you you have a lot of respect for Bobby Roode. Yeah, he was uh, too but, nice uh, when I met but him though, but really
1: yeah, I, he just I met him at an autograph signing and like he wasn't rude, but there was nobody there. It was just me and you just you just didn't want to be there. I think he was just having a bad day, you know what I mean? Huh. But whatever. Um Before I move on from this topic, I just want to put a little little prediction out there that uh, that I'm going to call. I think that we are going to build to a very big supercard. I don't know when. It's going to be later, maybe a year from now, um, maybe the end of the year. I I think that we're going to see a multi-promotion supercard, and I think the main event for it is going to be Kenny Omega versus Okada in North America.
0: That could happen. I was more thinking it's going to be the elite versus the Bullet Club.
1: I think that'll be on the undercard.
0: Um, do you think that that remember, match? Remember, remember, uh, there's some other stars that, that are going to probably be involved in this big super card That I agree with you is going to happen. Remember... I want to see
1: all the Nick Aldis on that. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see mm-hmm. all these promotions that are working together. Well, I don't want to see them do inter-promotional well. stuff. I want to see them mm-hmm. showcase their own talent fighting each other. Remember as
0: well. Uh... What's it called? Um, New Japan also has a working relationship with ROH.
1: That is correct. And they are so kind of the, they're kind on. of the odd man out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's just my take. I want to ask you one final question, then I want to move on to uh, Drew McIntyre. And okay. that is, do you think if you booked Kenny Omega versus Okada mm-hmm. and Elite versus the Bullet Club in North America, in the right yeah. market, do you think they can sell out a stadium or fill a stadium? One hundred percent. I think I think Omega and Okada would fill a stadium. And in- Omega,
0: you, you don't even need the bullet club there. Okada Omega, that sells out right there. If,
1: if we weren't in the middle of a global pandemic, I would travel to watch that. I would go in person to watch that match. I don't if care. that,
0: well, I think it's still going to be possible because by the time this this super, if they're smart, this card's not happening for at least a year.
1: I would say two. They can build this, man. The one thing I really like, AEW is not afraid to slow play something.
0: So, you know, by the time this actually happens, it is possible the counter note could be there.
1: That would be amazing. Okay, I want to move on. Uh, I got one more topic here, and I want to talk about Drew McIntyre. And I I, I want to specifically talk about Drew, but I want to also kind of hedge over to uh, all the other title matches at WrestleMania. Who's Drew McIntyre going to fight at WrestleMania? Because you sent me, you sent me a couple of predictions earlier today on, uh, when we were talking uh, via text message.
0: Yeah, so here are my, I'm thinking one of two guys. It's either Miz or Randy.
1: Oh, I don't like either one of them.
0: And, well, I'm sorry, because one of the things I told you, you said you did like.
1: I liked the way that you pitched it, but I just think that they booked The Miz so poorly. I hate him and John Morrison together. I've never liked them together.
0: Here's what I'm thinking. Elimination Chamber, one of two things happens. Either Miz wins the whole thing and becomes champion, and then goes on to WrestleMania to give Drew his return shot, Drew wins and then Miz cashes in right away and takes the title back. Yeah,
1: I, I Once, agree.
0: That's option number one. Okay, hit me with option that. number two is right in the middle of um, what's it what? called? Elimination uh, chamber. Elimination chamber. He, Miz cashes in and becomes champion right in the middle of the whole match. So, is Yet, yet, yet? He doesn't win the Elimination Chamber, which means he still loses the title.
1: Okay, so wait. So hold on. I was thinking about this a little bit, okay? Is Miz in the match? I can't remember. Is Miz Mm -hmm. booked? He's in the match. Yes. Mm -hmm. So would Miz be eliminated and then cash in to re-enter?
0: Ooh, he could do that.
1: Because why would he he cash in? Because it wouldn't make sense for him to cash in mid-match that he's already in. Don't look
0: for logic in this shit. It's
1: WWE. Sorry. My bad. My bad. Um. I, I think that we're going to see Drew McIntyre head into WrestleMania, not as the world champion. I think so, too. I think that he will win the world title back at WrestleMania so he can finally get that crowd pop that he should have got last year.
0: Okay, so uh, let's talk about the choices that we have as world champion.
1: What about Brock um, You want to see him in Brock? No, I do not. I'd rather see him in Brock than him in Sheamus, him and Miz right now, or him in... I don't want to see him in Orton again. I don't want to see it again.
0: Who who are the other two options?
1: There's nobody. What do you, hey, mean? you know you know six who he should fight? You know who he should fight? There's at six guys in this
0: fucking match. Don't say there's nobody. Oh. Who are the other Jeff who are Hardy's the other in people? the match.
1: Okay. Thank you. And Randy. Jeff Hardy, Randy. Jeff Hardy, Randy, Miz, Drew, and AJ. Sheamus. AJ Styles.
0: AJ and Sheamus. Yes. Okay. AJ Styles. I'm hey, hey man. I'd be down. And I said this on our live show. I'd be fucking down for Drew versus AJ.
1: Yeah, give me give me Drew and AJ at Mania. If we're not gonna get Drew and Edge, give me Drew and AJ, and I'll be happy. And and give me AJ going in. Give me AJ to win Elimination Chamber.
0: Yeah, I'm down for that.
1: Okay, so and let's you know start. what?
0: Oh, with with almost there in his fucking corner.
1: Yeah, he's huge. Holy shit, he could help him out. So. so what are you? What are you thinking then? Is Edge gonna? Is Edge gonna choose Randy? Uh, uh, Dr- Roman Reigns. Sorry, as I'm having the worst hardest time. I,
0: at this point, because of the teasing they're doing, I fucking hope not. Yeah. <laughs> They've they teased that little Finn Balor carrot in front of my face, and that's now, now that's all I fucking want.
1: Yeah, and I would like um, to see if
0: that. I if if I have my way, it's Edge versus Finn Balor, and it's uh. By the looks of it, I'm thinking for the 900th time in a row, uh, Roman versus Ko.
1: Yeah, I don't want to see that again either. They, just because they've done it too much. If I if I could pick a match, I would love to see Edge and Finn. I don't, I don't see Edge challenging for that NXT title coming off the Royal Rumble win. I think I think he and from what I've heard, I, it looks like he wants to be in that main event picture. I think we're going to see Edge and Roman, which I'm fine with as long as I get Edge and Christian versus the Usos at the pay-per-view before because I think they would tear the house down. I said that on mm-hmm. our live show. Um, give, me, give me Drew and AJ. I'd be happy with that. I, if they just stop booking the Miz like a fucking idiot, then give me Drew and Miz. But I just think they've hurt so- him so much since John Morrison's come back. I just don't like their comedy together. I don't get it. And it looks like Miz is fighting this Bunny Bunny, Booker T, Bunny guy, whoever the fuck he is. Like, Yeah. So, I don't know. So, what do you do? Is Do you, do you put the NXT world title on at WrestleMania? And if so, who does Finn Balor fight?
0: What do you mean, who does Finn Balor fight? Who like he fight? if he, If Finn doesn't go against Edge?
1: I don't think
0: I, I have not been paying nearly as much attention to NXT as I used to, so you have to bear with me. Um, now, is there, fit- there, the next TakeOver, has it happened yet? The one no. where
1: he's fighting Pete Dunne? That's what I was just going to ask you, because I'm a little okay. behind on NXT. Are they officially signed for TakeOver?
0: I, I think so, yeah. Because he would have be been my pick.
1: Off. He would have been my pick.
0: Right. If they weren't facing off at, at TakeOver, I would say it would be Pete Dunne. Um, I heard Champa might be... Ready for a big mania push. So yeah, I'd be if fine with him or him
1: Gorgano, or one of the two. What about Kyrian Cross? I think that might be the way to go. Kyrian Cross
0: versus Finn Balder yeah. at WrestleMania to me is fucking money.
1: Yeah. And Kerry they have a storyline. Kerry never lost the belt. He had to relinquish mm-hmm. it. The exactly. belt that Finn. Exactly. I'm gonna throw a dark horse name out there just because the guy's awesome and he's I think he's the most underrated wrestler in the history of professional wrestling. I'm putting it out there. Roger Rod Strong.
0: I don't understand why you say he's the most underrated in history. He's got a lot of fucking followers, a lot of respect. People, mm-hmm. I anybody understand. who's ever watched ROH or anything knows how good he is. I, I just, don't know. I feel like Roderick I Strong. Feel
1: I feel like Roderick Strong um, constantly has to go out there and prove himself. Though I, I just feel like people take for granted how good he really is and like you don't ever think of him to be in the main event picture but he fights like a main eventer every time he's out there i just want to give some shine do you
0: do you think it's because they stuck him in a in a stable beside adam cole and kylo Riley?
1: you know what i felt this way about him in ring of honor too okay i I just thought that he was constantly having uh, if not the best match on the card one of the best matches on the card when you talk about a guy like um brian danielson the american dragon when one of uh, you name his greatest rivals. Who does everybody name right away? You know Nigel McGuinness. Like mm. no one ever talks about his classics with Roderick Strong, and they had right. some amazing matches. And even even Dragon has said, Danielson has said that Roderick Strong is one of his favorite opponents of all time. I just feel like Roderick, for the career he's had, I'd love to see him have a WrestleMania. Hey,
0: don't get me wrong. If that happened, I'd be pleased as shit. Uh, I there's no, that's what I love about NXT. There's not too many names you could throw at me right now. That I wouldn't want Finn to fight, and that is that is a compliment to both the NXT roster and to Finn Balor because Finn Balor could do a good match with almost anybody.
1: Oh, I'm with. Um, you.
0: Has Finn, like I said, I haven't really been watching NXT for the last while. Has Finn really had a good program with uh with the Dream?
1: Oh, Val- the Velveteen Dream. Yeah, he's not even on TV anymore. He's barely doing oh, no. a good job. Uh, he hasn't been on tv much maybe once or twice but Kushida beat the hell out of him and we haven't really seen him much since then
0: that's unfortunate i i know there's some personal shit going on with the accusations and all that but man he was on track for a while to be the biggest name yeah really
1: you know you're in trouble when triple h goes on one of those media calls he does and basically says that dream gets in his own way yeah what do you think you got anything else you want to you want to roll into all right.
0: No, dude, I have been looking forward to hearing this list for a couple weeks now because you keep fucking teasing me about it. You keep telling me that I'm going to have fired up, that I'm not going to like your list, I'm going to get mad. And I can't tell if you're fucking with me or not.
1: Well, how about so, this? So,
0: so let's, let's do this.
1: I'm going to keep you waiting for another second because oh, because I have a little treat for everybody. Now, I'm not going to say I don't, I don't want to promote this as an interview because it's not an interview, but I jumped on to Ring of Honor's um, Facebook live stream uh, where Cheeseburger was uh, doing a live question and answer thing. And I don't know why.
0: he made his big ROH debut uh, uh, return uh,
1: yesterday. That's right. He has this whole yeah. new gimmick uh, going on there. And it, just not a lot of people were, were really asking questions. So I just jumped in there. I got about four or five, I think about four questions. I jumped in there. He answered every single one of them, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play that for you guys right now.
2: Uh, Tyler Wolf asks, what are you most excited about with the debut of your new gimmick, and look, how has the response been from fans and ROH fans there? Um, the response from fans has been awesome so far. Um, I didn't expect the I, – well, I didn't really know what kind of expected a reaction i expected i probably thought more on the negative side because people really enjoy cheeseburger and people really like cheeseburger but you know so far it's been uh fans have been super supportive uh they've been uh really digging world Fantasy cd like people love the match Tracy. they love the new look and all that um that's been super cool to see it's been super cool everyone's been supportive of me. so now it's up to now i got the support of the people now it's up to me uh, to deliver in the ring and keep producing great matches and entertaining comment uh it, entertaining uh content that people want to see um uh, i'm just most excited for just getting to do something different that's out of mine. that's just different it's just something different than what i've been doing the last like you know seven years uh so this is kind of a bit of a shock to me um so it's been really cool the last two months i'm um, doing indies and doing ring of honor like just really tweaking my style like really finding um out who i am in the ring really i feel like this is the best i've ever been in the ring i'm really starting to figure out how to place things and put things together and really starting to figure out um what kind of wrestler i want to be and really figure out myself character almost as well um so it's been really cool just getting to figure all that out it's kind of like i'm almost restarting like from ground one again or uh, from uh, ground zero again um then really cool getting to place those things together and then i'm only a few months into doing the gimmicks so i mean there's plenty of time to grow plenty of time to get better and i'm really looking forward to it hope everyone sticks on this journey with me tyler wolf you got another question let's see that all right from tyler wolf tyler from tyler wolf what's the best advice you've received in regards to your new gimmick um i think i almost i, I won't say um For my new gimmick, I'll just say the best advice I've received in general. But in general, like, uh, the best advice I've gotten, um, was just like understanding, uh, psychology and, and that's come from a lot of different people, but just general psychology advice and just the making everything mean something and making what you do, um, make it, make it understandable for the fans, make it uh, appealing to the fans. Interesting. So, like, so many people have taught me this, um, uh, from Delirious to Dr. Tom Pritchard to Lance Storm, uh, uh, just different people like, uh, Matt Seidel that I've talked to, um, uh, just who have given me advice, uh, luther as well. Uh, just so many people have drilled this into my head, but just making everything you do in the ring means that they're like, we are on the stage and we want to make, we, we're essentially we're just we're putting on that we're on that stage we want to make the audience follow along that journey like we're telling the story in the ring and we need to make it a story that the audience can follow along with um if our story is you know if you're reading a book and it's just one long run-on sentence you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to like follow along and it's gonna be like it's gonna sound really weird when you're reading the book um so Learning psychology and wrestling has been the biggest thing, just um, understanding, like, the why, when, we do things, why we do things certain ways, um, how we can take time to really emphasize uh, and get the most out of everything. Um, that, to me, has been by far the biggest help. Again, I've like learned that from so many different people. Uh, so many different people I had the pleasure of sitting there and learning. You know, but definitely um, making everything ring psychology is key above all else learn ring psychology learn structure of a match and then they add the cool movie I don't I don't do any flips, and flips not anymore I used to be able to when I was younger I used to be able to do a couple of things, but not anymore any good Ian Rickonbani stories uh, the one the first one that pops in my head uh, oh that was by Tyler Wolf, stories. Um, the first one that pops in my head I just remember uh, I think we were in like Dallas or something like that uh Dallas or Florida and everyone was at the building and we see this uh there's like a there's like a bright orange like I want to say like Dodge Challenger you like, know like, like a dot like a bright orange like like real old school Dodge Challenger and it pulls up you know with like revving the engine and like it comes up like super loud and everyone turns around they're like looking at who like who's this and then it, out comes Ian and he airs like you know Ian's like the, the coolest dude and he's like just super like uh like, super like straight lace and everything. Like, he would not have this kind of car, but he pulls up in this super loud car and everyone's like, what are you? He's like, oh, this is the last car they had at the rental place. So he's just the entire weekend he had to spend driving around this bright orange, uh, just old school, uh, Dodge Challenger. It just, it's the complete opposite of his entire personality. So it, it that, on top of my head, that one, if that one popped my head. Uh, if I, if I think of any more Ian with the body, um, great dude. One of my best friends in wrestling uh see tyler wolf asks any good memories of working in toronto canada uh love toronto toronto is awesome uh, had, uh a lot of trips up to canada throughout my career both for ring of honor and independence uh really really good times in toronto such a cool city fantastic fans super nice people um i've gone there uh, a bunch of different times so one of the coolest times i, I went up for um I took a trip up there for, uh, Alpha One, uh, promotion run by Ethan Page up there. Uh, this was several years ago. Um, and the video is actually on, uh, YouTube. If you look it up. Uh, I wrestled Ethan Page in like the opener and I come out and I come out first. I make my inference. and like a fan had went into McDonald's and got like a bunch of one dollar cheeseburgers and I get in the ring and he, he fa- he had passed pass them out to the fans about like, uh, like unbeknownst to me and, I make my entrance, and instead of throwing streamers, uh, a bunch of fans in the front row really to just start throwing these like $1 cheeseburgers into the ring, uh, as my streamers. So, uh, that video is on YouTube. I highly recommend looking it up. It's, uh, pretty awesome. Uh, that's the only time I've ever had fans throw cheeseburgers into the ring for me. Um, and happened at uh, Alpha one up, in, um, was that? I, don't yeah, I believe that's in Toronto, either Toronto or somewhere, um, or close by. In, uh, definitely one of the coolest, uh, through one of the tools. Um I've gotten tagged with Lager in Toronto at Ted News. Another fantastic venue that ROH runs. Um, I like Maple Leaf Gardens as well that we do uh, so that, that place is dope. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of road trips to Toronto. I really really enjoy uh, Toronto. Yeah, hopefully we'll go back to Toronto. Um I think, uh, I, I, we, went, we did miss, miss Stago a few times. Saga was, uh, was, a cool, cool time. Love Canada. Wanna be back. Uh, I was supposed to do a, uh, I was actually supposed to do a 15 day tour of, um, uh, across, like, uh, Canada. No, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was like, uh, gonna be in, the fall or the summer, I forget. Um, but I was supposed to go up to Canada and do, like, a 15-day straight tour, like, 15 days of matches in um, all these different, like, super small towns in, um, I want to say Ontario, like, uh, for any Canadians that are in here, like, Thunder Bay, uh, Grand prairie I think. Uh, those are, like, the only two names I remember. They were very But, like, uh, around there, like, um, like, a long like, Tyler Wolf asks, who is the best river in the ROA's locker room? Uh, funny uh, you asked that because uh, Rhett Titus is in here. So uh, I have to say, not because he's in here, but Rhett Titus would probably have to be the best river in Ring of Honor. Um, I've seen him uh, pull some pretty good ribs on a few people, uh, including myself. But uh, especially uh, a longtime victim of Rhett Titus' ribs were uh, Will Ferrara. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of good ribs on Will throughout the years during our time. Travel being travel buddies, traveling not man in and, and the in and everything. Uh uh not will all like these students and everything. Like uh, Rhett, uh if you weren't if you weren't like paying attention or you weren't on your guard, like Rhett could get you a bribe at any time. So definitely Rhett. You're welcome, Tyler. Well, thank you for uh thank you for hopping in joining the uh QA. I appreciate you uh, asking uh, asking all the questions. Thanks for bringing up Canada.
1: I love Canada. Okay, Mike. I've made you wait long enough. I'm feeling, it's
0: Valentine's Day.
1: I'm feeling the love in the air. Happy Valentine's Day to all of our listeners out there. I,
0: and I promise you that if I don't like this list, we are going to see a Valentine's Day massacre.
1: It could be uh, either a match made in heaven or a match made in hell, as, uh, SummerSlam 91. <laughs> Before also we get into the list, I would like to just personally give a very special happy Valentine's day to the love of my life. The wonderful backbone of counted out my beautiful, Lucy. girlfriend Victoria, Lucy, not Lucy, Mike, uh, Victoria, my beautiful girlfriend. Just thank you for putting up with all of this stuff that I do. Uh, all the side projects I work on and all just letting me play counted out with Mike every week. I'm very appreciative of that I love you very much. And our little uh, Lucy and Mia kitten family that we have going on here. So there you go, putting it out there for the world to hear. All right, <laughs> yeah, laugh all you want, I don't care. And you know what? The number seven on this list is me and Victoria. What do you think of that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so, so
0: you're saying you have a kayfabe relationship?
1: Yeah, we have a kayfabe relationship where it's not a real relationship. It's all been a lie. It's uh, no. Uh, are you ready? You ready to hear my my real number seven?
0: Yes, let's do this.
1: This I'm going to tell you right now. And you guys are all going to go crazy when I say this. I have had the hardest time picking my number seven and my number one this week. All right.
0: Full disclosure, you – before we got in the air, you told me you were having a problem with your number seven. Yeah. And you gave me two options of what to do. So I know – that one of those two options is going to be on your number seven. I, and, I, and I still have no idea. I don't, I'm i not even 100% sure you know which one you've picked for your number seven yet.
1: I, I don't. I'm looking at the two names right now. I'm going to go. I'm going with, oh, Mike, I can't do it. I can't pick. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever had a hard time doing this. Can I do a tie? Can we do that? It's you valid. know what? You
0: know what? Because I know the options, I'm saying yes. I'm saying a tie.
1: For the first time ever in Countdown history, not we true. Have, we've never had a tie before. I did.
0: A, I did a tie once, and you told me I was cheating.
1: Well, okay. I, I get my. <laughs> I get my freebie here then. There, all right? there you go. For the second time, I am getting booed by my girlfriend in the background here. <laughs> for the second time ever, we have a tie. My number seven is a tie between The Miz and Maurice, Mm -hmm. and Mike and Maria.
0: See, and this is why I'm letting you get away with this tie, because both deserve to be on the list for different reasons.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We were discussing this
0: before going on the show
1: i'll tell you what why don't you why don't you start with mike and maria because you you're a little bit more knowledgeable the ring of honor stuff than i am Uh, i know they've had a great run everywhere ring of honor new japan i know a lot of people hated their stuff in the wwe
0: and i didn't if our if good friend of the show adam is listening to this right now i guarantee he's already paused the show and ran over to turn on their theme music this he is the greatest
1: moment of... i don't know how it goes but
0: uh, all <laughs> right um yeah man as much i i did i did enjoy their wwe stuff but if you really want to get to the nitty-gritty really want to talk about how great of an on-screen couple they are number one it probably has a lot to do with the fact that they're really a couple yeah, and great. i think and I think their real uh, you know, relationship and the real love that they have for each other truly comes out on screen. But if you really want to see them at their best, you have to go look at ROH during the Kingdom days.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: You know, when they're in there uh, as a phenomenal heel stable, and she's basically running the show with them, and it's just so good. And every time Bennett comes to the ring and she's with him, She's a force. It's the best work that she's ever done in her career. Yeah, Maria I can honestly she say get
1: enough. Do for how good she. is. She was. does not.
0: She does not. Um, and it's and it has part to do with the fact that she was given that dumb bimbo character in WWE,
1: which is crazy because she's so smart in real life, she's very smart. And how great was she at that little bimbo character too? She was so funny.
0: And it was all because of that stupid promo she did where she actually accidentally called Edge the Edge.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's and, true. She and might then from that point,
0: yeah, and then from that point on, oh, we're going to give her a dumb character.
1: Yeah, which isn't fair because look how she came into the business. You know what I mean? She was part of a, a diva search. Yeah. Like, like you got to give mad respect to Maria just for, for how hard she's worked and, and what she's accomplished in this industry.
0: Well, if you want mad respect, if you want to get the respect you deserve in that that business, you go to the place where you need to earn it, and when you earn it, the respect is given tenfold, and that's Ring of Honor. Yeah. Ring of Honor, people don't, the fans don't fuck around, the promotion doesn't fuck around, if you deserve that respect, you're going to get it, and she got it.
1: Yeah, and I remember hearing when she was going to Ring of Honor, and I kind of laughed a little bit at first, Mm because I I was of that mind frame, I was like, well, Maria, like, at the time, I didn't know a
0: whole lot about Mike Bennett,
1: yeah, neither did I. So,
0: yeah, so so I I was the same thing. I'm like, really? Maria? I, know, I, I, I laughed,
1: I laughed not because I didn't think she was talented enough. It just like, I I because I'm a huge I've always been a huge fan of Maria since day one. Mm-hmm. But I was just kind of like oh, Ring of Honor. I don't know if this is kind of where you like your your domain here. I'm oh, my, I'm like, she you, came and dominated.
0: If you would have told me she was going to TNA at the time, with the, you know, with they're at the height of their stupidity, I would have been like, Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. But, you know, her going to ROH, it was no different to me if you were to tell me she was going to New Japan.
1: Well, and you mentioned TNA. What a great run she had in TNA also, right?
0: I don't remember a whole lot of her TNA stuff just because I wasn't watching at that point in time. She
1: had a good run in TNA. And, you know, I'm not the biggest TNA guy, but I always kept tabs on what she was doing. Very underrated stuff again there. Uh, My favorite thing they did in Ring of Honor was uh, when they took Jay Briscoe's belt and made it pretty. I thought that was amazing. like Fantastic stuff. Um, That was a great feud. That's my number. that's part one of my number seven. I'm gonna flip it over now a little bit to the Miz and Maurice here. Um, yeah, I really think that when they are together on screen, uh, it was the best the Miz has ever been. When he was in the middle of that great Intercontinental Title run, where he's beaten Roman Reigns, he was the most over guy in the company, as far as I was concerned at that point. the The fans were behind him in the right way, where he wasn't like getting he wasn't getting face he was getting respect you know what i mean i think yeah. his work was highly respected they had that great build-up with john cena and nikki bella where Love they were planning to be them going into wrestlemania Love great that. feud with daniel Bryan and brie bella um just fantastic stuff all around they complement each other very well so that was my i couldn't make the decision man
0: so and that's why i was okay with the tie because they definitely deserve to be on the list for everything that you just said but they don't deserve to be any higher than number seven only because their time as an on-screen couple was so short.
1: Well, and it's funny you say that because my number six, their their time as an on-screen couple was also very short, but it made a hell of an impact. Okay. Uh, I got one word for you. Mamacita. Yeah.
0: You want I made, Latino I didn't, heat, baby? I didn't make a list for... Per se, but I wrote down some names that I said that better be on your fucking list. And they were on the list, of course.
1: My number six, of course, we're talking about uh, uh, two. Sadly, both have passed away now, but the late great Eddie Guerrero and the late great China. Oh, my God. The chemistry, these guys. This is really where Eddie Guerrero got to show the world his personality because we already knew he was a great worker. And he's always, you know, he had some good stuff in WCW, but he never got to show how charismatic he really was. And when they paired him and China up together, it just flowed out of him. That Latino heat just poured out of him. Fantastic stuff. And I like the fact that they started as rivals first.
0: I mean, let's be honest. Eddie was one of the most charismatic people in the history of
1: professional wrestling.
0: And... Because of his own hangups, I think maybe it was hard for that to come out sometimes, and he needed the perfect story. He needed the perfect, be opponent or or tag team partner or something like like that to co- for it to come out. And China did that for him.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah.
0: China, the, it, was this one the first like I don't want to call it a comedy gimmick because it wasn't, but was this one of the first times that we really got to like laugh with Eddie?
1: Absolutely. That's what, I, yeah. that's what I was saying. Like, it's the first time his his charisma got to really come out. He got to show Ooh. his personality because we all knew, like I said, we all knew how great of a worker he was, but we never got to see that other side of him. Yeah, And like I was like, I, my other point there too that I made, and I want to go back to it. I like that this feud started as a feud. Sorry, this angle, this couple started as rivals together. Yeah. They were yeah. rivals and then China just couldn't resist that Latino heat. They had great matches with S.A. Rios and Lita, um, all the way up until when they broke up when Eddie got caught in the shower on GTV with the Godfather's hose, which is... Oh. And then they had a great feud after that. Everything about this was great. And I, they were only together from uh, the night after WrestleMania 16 until shortly after SummerSlam of that same year. But they so made a hell of an impact.
0: Le- maybe four months. Yeah. Four months.
1: months. Uh, let's go on to the number five here. Number five here, we are going to the most extreme couple on this list. We're going with the Innovator of Violence. Yes. Tommy Dreamer and Beulah McGillicuddy.
0: A hundred percent. I'm glad. I'm glad they're on this list, but I
1: had this one as my number four. And I just bumped it at the last minute just because I, I really went back and, and did some research on both of this. And the, the angle is – this angle is great, but it doesn't really paint Dreamer in a good light for most of it. it no, it's not it really doesn't. And, w, and but, he was
0: the face. <laughs> and he was
1: the face. So basically the story is, for those of you who don't know, Tommy Dreamer and Raven were in this blood feud. They, they were childhood friends, uh, childhood acquaintances. I don't know what their childhood was, but they were in this, terror, this huge feud in ECW. And Raven wanted to play some mind games. So he went and he got the girl that had a crush on Tommy Dreamer in summer camp, Beulah McGillicuddy who Tommy did not have a crush on because she was fat. (laughs) (laughs) And then Tommy proceeded to pile dry Beulah pretty much every night up until uh, she finally left Raven and joined Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. And then the story, uh,
0: the initial story it's kind of garbage. Yeah, yes. and then it gets the matches action. were good, and then they end up being a good couple later on. And
1: then the, you get that great part where uh, Shane Douglas comes out and it says Tommy is cheating on you with me, but it turns yeah. out that she's cheating on Tommy Dreamer with Kimona, and yeah. Dreamer, Dreamer puts out the legendary line, that's... "I'm hardcore. I'll take them both."
0: That for 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 anyone who's <laughs> not familiar with ECW, yes, that's Kimona Wanalea. Yes. However, that is that is where the maturity of uh, our wrestling fandom was in the late nineties.
1: After after all the silliness, though, the passion that Tommy Dreamer shows for Beulah is just it's uncanny. They mm-hmm. he the the love just pours out from her. And if you want to see some great selling, go find the clip where the Dudley Boys three D Beulah and break her neck, and just watch the agony that Tommy Dreamer goes through.
0: You know, you would, sometimes he can be a shitty actor, but when he really wants to put it on and really, especially in the ECW days, that dude could sell it,
1: man. Tommy knew how to, He, he it's like you could tell that he was a student of Terry Funk's because he knew oh, yeah. how to get the emotional side of it. Yeah, uh, Tommy Dreamer could pull on your heartstrings, man. Uh, the He's one of the, it's hilarious to even say the sentence, but he's one of the best criers in the business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe it, it's maybe it's like an only the big show <laughs> or flair. I was going to say, but <laughs> um, yeah, that's my number, my number five. Yeah. I'm down with that. My number I'm four. Now, again, I just flipped these guys at the last minute here, but I think this is the right call. My number four, we're going to go back to 1992, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels and sensational Sherry.
0: Were they a couple?
1: Oh yeah. Okay. A couple sherry sherry was infatuated with sean yeah she just loved him sang his theme music um uh just the holding the mirror for him that ridiculous feud with uh, rick martell and sean michaels where sherry didn't want either one of them to get punched in the face because they were too pretty uh, <laughs> their their chemistry together was great the way that sean would grab her and just throw her to the mat and pull oh, yeah. pulls over her and she would just oh, look yeah. up like Oh, I like that. Like, yeah, Sherry. She looked at
0: him with some lust, man.
1: What I really like about this, and it's something that I'm going to go back and say again with possibly my number one or my number two. I haven't decided yet, which is crazy. I'm in mid list and I still don't know my number one. Sherry gave Sean credibility as a singles competitor
0: 100%. 100%. And I think Sean would even admit this. In those early days, I don't think Sean could have got himself over.
1: I don't think so either. I don't think there would be a heartbreak kid, Sean Michaels, the icon, the showstopper, the main event without sensational Sherry.
0: And I think they picked the perfect woman, the perfect valet, the perfect manager to do it. Nobody could have been better than Sherry. Mm-hmm. Number one, because she had that sex appeal that you needed in, the, in that character. Yep. But also she knew Sean from AWA.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, because she managed Summers and, and uh Buddy Rhodes.
0: Exactly. So she worked a ton of programs with with Summers and Rhodes versus uh Midnight, the Midnight Rockers. Rockers. Great comment. Right. So, you know, and, and and so she already had chemistry with Sean. this was kind of just a you know, a way of her taking care of one of her boys. Yeah, absolutely. And and the chemistry showed on television. Um, yeah, it uh I never took it as a I never thought of them as a couple. I never, you know what I mean? I you guess I did, never thought like Sher-
1: that. Sherry did. <laughs> I'm giving it. Everyone's been, everyone's been in love with the asshole that doesn't love him back.
0: It's very true. That's very true. Hey, I'm letting you have it, man. It, it, it fits. It wins. Uh, Yeah.
1: And then the, 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 last thing I want to say about them is that great angle when Marty Gennetti came back. Sherry was holding the mirror. And Marty appeared in the background, and then they end up clobbering Sherry. Just great stuff. Sherry's fantastic. I love Sherry.
0: One of the best of all time. All
1: right. Number three. We are going with, uh, I guess, probably the biggest power couple in the history of the WWE, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon.
0: Number three.
1: Number three.
0: Did I not tell you before we got on what your number one and number two should be? I didn't care which way they were. But where are they where they should be, and there was gonna be some fucking problems.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh,
0: cock sucker! How
1: this was hard. This was hard. The, the top three, I uh, I racked my brain over where I wanted to put them. I think I finally got everything in order now. Of what even right now, like my number one, I think I have it set now. Uh, Stephanie and Triple H, man. The what can what what can you not say about them? They've had such a great run on TV. I think they've had the greatest run as a couple on television for sure, but I don't think they're the best couple, if that makes sense, because there's a lot of bad TV that they put out there as well.
0: Another couple just came to my head, just came to my head that I've decided that I'm okay with this number three. As long as this number couple is two or one, which... It has to be. I've decided I'm okay with this. Okay.
1: okay. Just because this
0: other couple just, just appeared in my head and I said, you know what? Yeah. As far as impact goes. But let's talk about Triple H and Stephanie for a minute. You know, from, from the ridiculous beginnings.
1: I love the beginnings.
0: You know, as ridiculous and stupid as it is, um, you know, a storyline that would never ever get over today.
1: Oh, you can't drug somebody today? That's bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, but 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 you he
1: gets that iconic line though,
0: eh? The consummate the marriage.
1: I yeah, know when he calls Vince dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what a, like that's
0: that that segment right there, I I I have no problem saying boosted him into superstardom. That boosted him into the
1: biggest fucking
0: heel of the decade.
1: You know what the problem with that segment was though? Is that and I'm the rape? Oh well, yeah, the rape. Okay. The the thing that I was really disappointed about that angle looking back on it now, we never got to see Triple H versus Test. Anyway. No, it never happened. Maybe on a raw. Yes. I think they fought on a raw once. Like I mean, like, yo, this guy just stole your wife. Like, yeah. It should have been, that, it should not have been Triple H and Vince at Armageddon. It should have been Triple H and Tess and at Test. Armageddon because I don't want them to take away Triple H and Foley. That was amazing. Like, like, But why was like Tess just came across looking like this little bitch boy that got his woman drugged and raped and stolen? <laughs> He's just, just like, oh, okay, we'll, well I'm going to go you're, date Steve Hitler.
0: You're, you're damaged <laughs> goods now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I just thought the craziness.
0: But as the story progressed, it got so much more interesting. You know, it go, it goes on to her betraying her father and yeah. falling for, for for Triple H, you know, and then the McMahon Helmsley era begins. Yeah, which was great, and and that's great. You know, that goes on for quite a while. Yeah, a little uh, too long. A little too long. I, I won't disagree. Um, you know, Triple H gets hurt. He comes back as a face. Trip, you know, Stephanie does the whole "I'm pregnant" thing.
1: Yeah, great angle
0: great angle then they break up yeah and they don't get back together on camera for quite a while yeah. and some of my favorite stuff they used to do was you know when, when sean and triple h got back together as their little dx thing uh in real life stephanie was pregnant for the first time <laughs> you know they, they would make comments about it be like oh who knocked her up yeah <laughs> you yeah. Know what yeah. it was so good <laughs> But, uh, and, the, and then eventually they, they would get back together on screen okay. and uh, and do the, the authority. authority thing. Yeah, and...
1: I, the authority was good and it ran too long again, much like the movie. Again,
0: yeah, but I like that the authority was so much different than the McMahon-Helmsley era. The they, took, thing... they took the same concept, the same story, but made it different, which was cool.
1: The only thing I didn't like about it is I think Steph was putting herself over a little too much during the authority. Agreed. But,
0: uh, yeah. I mean... Not, not like she didn't McMahon Helmsley. I mean, she was a woman's champion, and
1: and he was the world champion. Yeah, right. But I think, I it think made they...
0: sense back then, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, if they were any lower than number three, I'd be pissed off. But you said the perfect phrase earlier on. You said they were the biggest power couple in history, and you're goddamn right there.
1: So, Mike, are you ready? for my number two yes. up, in, up until 30 seconds ago this was my number one but i have to i can't not have my number one be my number one so my number two couple of all time i am going with edge and lita
0: okay that is the couple i thought of just two minutes ago and they said oh shit you know what i would put them over triple h and stephanie um, so yeah, let's, let, let's do it. I'm happy right now. I'm okay with this.
1: I mean, I, almost I wouldn't put, have
0: even been okay with them being number one.
1: I, I almost put them number one, just on the sheer fact that they had sex in the ring. Like that's love. You know, you
0: know, you know what? Maybe that is why they, they get bumped down. Number two, knowing how tarnished that whole segment is and how Lita did not want to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now that you hear those stories come out, it's, it's terrible. It um, really is. For me, and I said this earlier with um, uh, with Michaels and with Sherry, Lita was that push that Edge needed to be taken as a top heel, because he, he was t- having a hard time getting over on his own. Yeah, he really was, and I didn't, I, I couldn't get it. And but it all kind of came together at the same time. He kind of switched his music over. He got Lita, and he became rated R. And as soon as that kind of took off. You know, Shortly after he won the money in the bank, he paired up with Lita, the sky was the limit for Edge. And again, I don't think Edge could have got to the heights that he got without Lita.
0: Which, again, in itself is kind of a fucked up thing to say, because you're basically saying Edge would not be one of the biggest superstars in history if he didn't fuck his best friend's girlfriend.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: You know what I mean? But Uh, but. you you have to give it to, you know, you have to give it to WWE. You have to give it to Vince McMahon. You have to give it to Edge, Alita, Matt, even the everybody, because they took an unfortunate situation. They took a a situation that they could have, and usually probably would have just brushed under the rug and pretend it didn't happen, but they took it and they rolled with it. They knew because people were no matter what they did with edge from that point on, People were going to fucking boo the shit out of him. Oh, no, matter no matter what they did with Lita, they were going to boo the shit out of her.
1: Do you remember the segment that Lita and Trish had in Madison Square Garden where the crowd just chanted, we want Hardy the whole time? Yeah. You know, Paul Heyman did it at ECW one night stand, that great yeah. line. Oh, no. Hide your girlfriends. It's Edge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My my favorite part of that whole segment, though, was Edge's reaction when... when... Oh, Matt freaking, <laughs> that's,
1: that's freaking that, Hardy. freaking Hardy's like... That, that, that's, that's three, three words. words. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite that. part, too. That was my favorite part, too. Uh, um, but, you, know, they both you, know, you, you you
0: take these two hated people, and we're not talking hated kayfabe. We're not talking, you know, just they got some heat. People fucking hated them. Yeah. I hated them. Edge was one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, you know, as a teenager. And I was ready to be like, fuck that guy. You put them together, you make it a story, and you make him the ultimate opportunist. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, great feuds with Matt Hardy, John uh, Cena. They both held the world title and the women's title simultaneously. Yeah, uh, fantastic stuff by Edge and Lita. I, I, I really, really love the stuff they did. I really wanted to give them my number one spot, and I had them on it up until we started recording. <laughs> but alas, we all know what number one is. It
0: couldn't be anything else. And I was trying to tell you this for two fucking weeks. Ooh,
1: yeah, I, Macho Man Randy Savage and Gorgeous George. I hate you so. <laughs> The Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, uh, these guys would make people cry in the stands. They had the wedding.
0: Listen, this is why they they had to be a number one because you don't, no other couple, no other couple stands up to them. Like they are the first couple anybody thinks of when they think of professional wrestling, especially if you grew up in that era.
1: No, you're right. And Macho Man had the greatest proposal of all time. You okay. know, will
0: you marry me? And, <laughs> and you know, it always makes me laugh. It, it, it's the funniest thing knowing that by the time that they got married, kayfabe, they were already divorced in yeah, real life. In
1: like the middle of a real, like they were going through a divorce in real life. Yeah, yeah. so weird. See that's why but, they, that's why they can't. That's why you know maybe they shouldn't be my number one because they broke up on air a couple of times. They broke up in real life. Maybe maybe I should go. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. Shut the fuck I up. I can't change it. I no man. It. Yeah. That storyline. You know. It was you,
0: we, also. It was also the catalyst for many amazing stories. The Mega Powers explosion. The uh, the uh, main event of uh, of WrestleMania eight. Yeah. Sure. Um, she was mine before. Moment, she was yours. That moment where Flair fucking lose, or uh, sorry, Savage loses and Sherry fucking starts beating the fuck out of him. Yeah. When Liz jumps in the ring and saves him. People cried. It was one of the most emotional, amazing moments in the history of the WWF.
1: Absolutely. And then they went on to have that great feud with Jake the Snake. Yeah. All right. And and I said earlier, you know, you want to talk about someone that shows emotion in the ring with Tommy Dreamer. Nobody in the history of professional wrestling is better at playing a crazy madman than the macho man, Randy Savage, probably because he was not acting. (laughs) You're not wrong. So were you as mad with my list as you thought you would be?
0: No, no, not nearly because you, I think you were teasing me
1: a little bit a little bit although I, I i will tell you though i'm not lying i almost had edge and lead as my number one for a i can't,
0: time. i know i know and and i wouldn't have been too mad if that was the case but i was but hoping for this
1: before we get into the honorable mentions everyone head over to our youtube page check out the good friends better enemies podcast check out all the exclusive interviews we did nikita koloff uh, like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at counted out seven everywhere. Subscribe, man. Subscribe to the YouTube page. I want to see some, some more subscriptions there. We got watch alongs, interviews. It's good stuff.
0: Yeah. YouTube's where it's at these days, man. Yeah. Man, Except for not this show. Cause I look like shit.
1: Yeah. We're not I'm, posting uh, this one. It's fine. Yeah. That,
0: and I, I told Tyler at the top of the show. This is not a YouTube show.
1: Uh, for me, I'm going to go to my first honorable mention. I had two that I really had a hard time leaving off the list. Okay. I saw them both right off the hop. The first one was Goldust and Marlena.
0: Okay. I have a few that I was very surprised. Not upset because now that they are your list, but, but surprised nonetheless, and that was one of them.
1: And the second one was Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee.
0: I'm okay with that not being on the list.
1: Oh, sorry. It, and I, I had a third one. Um, it's Edge, in my
0: honorable mentions. But... Edge, and,
1: Edge and Vicky Guerrero. I also had a hard time leaving off my list. They were really entertaining together. <laughs> they were. Hit um, me with a couple of yours.
0: Uh, one of mine is uh, Bam Bam and Luna Vachon.
1: Had that on my honorable mentions as well. His main uh, squeeze.
0: Yeah, right?
1: Luna and Goldust while you're at it.
0: Absolutely. That. Yeah forgot about them they were a great couple um beth phoenix and santino morella
1: that was another one i really wish i could have got on fuck they were so funny you know (laughs) give it a three-way tie at number seven there when he used to bite her muscles i laughed every single time (laughs) how about we go with a big one how about vince and linda <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> they put out an on We're having phone. some of the most
0: cringiest, creepiest moments in TV history.
1: That's Vince and Linda though. Come on.
0: I mean Vince and Trish, maybe, but oh, God. Vince and Linda. Oof.
1: you yeah, You got another one?
0: Um you might make fun of me for this, but I think they were a great couple. Fandango and Summer Ray.
1: Oh, that's a good call. I missed that one on my honorable right? mentions. How About this, I got a couple. I got two deep cuts for you here. Okay, I got um Colonel Robert Parker and Sensational Sherry. That was on my list. Fuck, okay, they were funny. And yes, I, <laughs> how about this for a deep cut? I got Daniel Bryan and Gail Kim.
0: Where was that? Where was that?
1: ROH? No, that was in WWE. It was right where The both the Bella twins had a crush on Daniel Bryan, and it turned out that uh he was dating Gail Kim the whole time, and it huh, never went I've- anywhere.
0: I have no recollection of that. Well, in fact, whatsoever. we might
1: as well say Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella while we're at it.
0: Yeah. Um, Selena Vega and Andres sien well,
1: were were they, they were not a couple, though. They were business associates. Okay. How about Daniel Bryan and AJ Lee? They were fantastic.
0: Kane and Tori.
1: Kane and Tori? I forgot about that one. Uh, how about Spike Dudley and Molly Holly? Yeah, I like Yeah, that I a little getting... Romeo and Juliet there. I'm trying to
0: think of good ones from WCW.
1: There weren't a lot. Rick
0: no, Flair, they're they really well. They... everybody, Ric yeah.
1: Flair and Fifi, DDP, and Kimberly.
0: DDP and Kimberly. That's a good one.
1: Uh, we talked about Tess and Stephanie already. We kind of talked about Matt Hardy and Lita. How about uh, Marrow and Sable?
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Um, Um, Billy and Chuck?
1: I was just going to say that was the next one on my list. Uh, They could not make my list because they greatly insulted the LG key. (laughs) You know what?
0: The the only reason they insulted that community is because the way they ended the fucking story. Yeah, they got on Howard Stern
1: about this. It was such a great fucking
0: story. If it didn't end with them going, wait, we're not gay then it would be great
1: yeah and they did it very insulting uh how about mark henry and may young
0: yeah yeah i'm down with that
1: um i got a couple i got a lot of good ones left too
0: if we're if we're going mark henry and may young i'm going four way all right may young and fabulous moolah and Bobby, and Bobby the
1: Brain oh. oh man, that's worse than my next one. Kane and Katie Vick. <laughs> <laughs> how, about a, how about a couple good ones here? How about uh, Booker T and Charmel? King Booker, and yes, King yes, uh, yes. Okay, Russel and Lana, especially in the early days, they were fantastic.
0: um Lana's. Who was Lana Ziggler and Lana did something too, right? Ziggler
1: and Lana, Bobby Ooh. Lashley and Lana.
0: Yeah, that doesn't get on the list.
1: How about we go old school, Jimmy Garvin and Precious? Ah, and we go old school again, Tully Blanchard and Baby Doll. I
0: like it. I like it.
1: Uh, we can go new. School. Was the, was
0: the, was Dusty ever fucking little Starfire there? Or, uh Sapphire, yeah, they were. A Sapphire, yeah, it. you give
1: them a couple.
0: Or were they? Were they a couple?
1: How about this one, then? Cody and Brandy, if you want to talk about Dusty. Yes. Fun one for you, since you're a big TNA guy. ODB and Eric Young. Oh, yeah. Of course. Johnny Gargano and Candice. Yeah. We talked about Santino and Beth. How about uh, Shane Douglas and Francine? That one almost made my list, too. That's a good one. Uh, Tyson Kidd and Natty.
0: Oh, of course.
1: Davey Richards and Angelina Love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Naomi and the Uso.
0: Buddy, Buddy, Murphy and Ray Mysterio's
1: daughter. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> my last honorable mention is uh Jamie Noble and my girlfriend Nidia. Oh fuck. yes, yes, yes. We
0: need to talk about that. The they whole so when good. she went bl- when she went fucking blind. Oh
1: fuck. Oh I just so loved so hearing Jamie Noble. Good. Do you want to make out with my girlfriend, idiot? I just thought he was did, so funny, man. Did
0: we did we mention Charlie Haas and uh, Jackie Gator?
1: No, we did not mention them. Yeah, that's that's all I got. I think we got most of them.
0: I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's some we're forgetting. Like and Rob is going at
1: Xana. Like there's some stupid oh, no, ones. No, well, fuck that. But yeah, I yeah. think we got all the main ones. Rob will let us know. He'll send me a yeah. message and let me know if we missed it
0: definitely he i guarantee he's sending us a message right now yeah for sure and 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 the list won't even be over another two days
1: (laughs) uh well that's it for for the list this week next week though we're going to keep the uh we're going to keep the time frame happening it was love and valentine's day this week next week it's all about the family what are you counting down for us
0: it is family day here uh, here in ontario anyways we are based out of ontario canada and uh and if you live in our area, it's family day next week. So um, we're doing a family show. That's we right. are counting down the top seven best families in wrestling. And I, I don't know how to, we'll, we'll figure out how to word it next, we, next week. Most influential families, most uh, important families.
1: Now, the big question I have, is it kayfabe or real life?
0: We're going to go real life with this one, bud.
1: So no Dudley boys.
0: No Dudley boys, I I I can I went really back and forth with this. I said, do I want to do one or the other, or do I want to do both? Um, KFAB is really hard for me. KFAB is going to be even harder than the real life. The real life list, the one I'm going to be doing, it almost writes itself. Yeah, yeah, that, that's really? going to be
1: a fun one. There's going to be a lot of great topics to talk about next week.
0: But you know, I think we might argue about the placement. But I don't think we'll ever argue about who's on the list. I think you'll agree with everybody on the list. You just might not agree with the way I put them, Um, which is pretty much how every list I ever make goes. Um, Kayfabe, I wouldn't even know where to begin, man. There's so many weird families out there that I don't even know what's a family and what's not.
1: Yeah, and then we're going to end off the month after that. So you're going to be doing the top seven families of all time yeah wrestling families of all time let's do it that top seven wrestling families of all time there you go and then uh next week we're going to be joined by a very special guest we have a yeah you forgot didn't you
0: <laughs> just go ahead <laughs>
1: I saw, he looked
0: guess, I looked. Many guests lately i can't put them in order of when they're coming on that's
1: true we have a guy that's been setting the canadian independence scene on fire for the last uh eight to ten years at least he's he's fantastic in the ring great promo jeremy prophet is going to join us we're going to do an interview with his career and then he's going to stick around we're going to be counting down the top seven career moments of daniel Bryan or brian danielson since it is uh Uh, hovering around the anniversary of his wwe debut and i love him i love daniel Bryan. so and then after that we're on the road to wrestlemania baby yeah we are a lot of cool stuff planned a lot of cool stuff planned stick around and uh mike if you don't mind may i may i plug my little project i'm working on
0: plug away sir
1: I uh, go
0: go plug yourself.
1: I'm going to go plug myself here. I've had the absolute pleasure to do some work with a friend of the show and one of the members of the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. Mike's favorite name <laughs> for wrestling podcasting group ever. A good friend of the show, Jonah. Uh, we've been doing some work with a wrestling promotion based out of New York. It's called the Miasma Citadel. Look it up on YouTube. Uh, Joan and I are doing the color commentary, the broadcast team for that. So a lot of fun stuff there. If you could uh, give a follow and a like on that, that would be great. Help me, uh, help me start off my little broadcasting career. Now that I'm done Mick folding it up and giving a cheap plug to something I'm doing, Mike, why don't you take us home, my friend?
0: On behalf of Tyler's little plug, <laughs> we have been counted out. <laughs> Cheers, you
1: bastard.